Well, tell Aunt Nellie to go home, unless it's Hanukkah in your household. In that case, happy Hanukkah. But otherwise, tell her to get the hell out and come back at Christmas time because it's time for you to just kick the family out. Take your damn leftovers home. We're back. We're better than ever. Not really. I'm partially comad right now from the food. Yeah, um, right. I feel you. <laughs> gotta love leftovers. All right. But it's Tinkle Sports Talk here. Hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, man. I'm telling you, I ate way too much. It's going to be a week straight in the gym burning this off. Oh, bro, I tell ya. I I mean, I didn't... I mean, I ate quite a bit, don't get me wrong. But, tell you what, that turkey, man. That, that turkey can get you in that nice little coma and you just don't want to get out of it. Imagine turkey and, and Bacardi. I thought about recording on Thursday night <laughs> but your boy had too much Bacardi and got absolutely hammered and I'm like or I wasn't hammered I was just drunk but I just wasn't able to do a show that much I could tell you um, so I just sat back and watched football at that point so we're recording the next day no hangover thank god because <laughs> um, I don't drink very often, so, um, anyway. Yeah, let's just say they're not very fun at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Um, but anyway, we've got, of course, your week 10, or I'm sorry, your week 12 NFL recap, or week 11 NFL recap, my mistake. Your week 12 predictions, and of course we got a funny tinkle on this for you to feast upon. But how's about this to feast upon to start off the show? Of course, we have to talk about this. This is the biggest story of the week. Isaiah Stewart, LeBron James getting a little bit of a brawl. It looks like, mm -hmm. from first thought, LeBron looked like he accidentally elbowed Isaiah Stewart and bloodied him. Right. And then Isaiah Stewart went apeshit. Plain yeah. and simple. Pretty much. Um, just went total and complete bonkers. And, of course, both of them get ejected. Isaiah Stewart just kept saying, I'm cool, I'm cool. And then he'd start charging at LeBron again to the point where they had to get the police to escort him out of the arena. And, um, you know, both players received suspensions. LeBron got one game. And uh, Isaiah Stewart got two. Right. Um, so, Jason, I guess, first off, was it the rightful punishment? Whose side were you on, actually, here? Uh, I was definitely on the right, uh, on the side of LeBron. And I know that's not very, you know, much in a sense that I'm not always going to be. Not saying that he's a bad player, just saying that, you know, he does some things that are very questionable. This one was accidental. I mean, it really does show that he has one lethal elbow. So, if you get, you know, crossing it. Mind, he uses that tonal thing. I don't know if you've seen those ads, but he has that tonal, like, mirror with... 
right. the uh, kind of uh, Peloton thing, and you know mm. he's always lifting. He's gotten in way better shape now than he ever was like ten years ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so, do I think that it's justified that LeBron elbowed in the face? Hell no, no, I don't think it is. But as a young player that's you know heading into their second season in the NBA. You, you really shouldn't be reacting as much as he did, especially bulldozing coaches uh, and endangering other players as well as um, endangering your, your coaching staff. That stuff, if that was anything else, if that was like college basketball, if that was high school basketball and you're a player and doing that, you get cut from a team. There, there ain't no suspensions. There ain't no, you know, fines you pay and then just come back like nothing happened. No, you get cut from the team, and the coach tells you to never come back ever again. And I'm shocked that he didn't get cut after that. And you know, I'm sure I'm shocked that Dwayne Casey, who is the head coach of the Pistons, was okay with was. All right with those actions. Okay, he's gonna get that two-game suspension, and then he'll come back and play. No, if I'm Dwayne Casey, I'd be like, "Look, I, you, you know, I can't have you doing that because what, what, what's gonna happen if you get elbowed again? You, you, you're gonna brawl with every player that you can, and then it's gonna be the malice of the palace part two. You know, I, I, I just think that it, it's not the rightful punishment at all. Um. If anything, I think Stewart should definitely right to get suspended more games. I think he should have been fined, suspended, if not out of the league because of something like that. So, I don't know. I think out of the league is harsh. Um, I, I, I just want to state that first off. LeBron, rightfully so, got suspended. Um, right. Because that, to me... If, I. I I don't know. I'm not a referee by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but that was, without a doubt, a flagrant two. Okay. Um, while I don't think there was intent, maybe a referee who's listening or watching this can clarify for me. But I think if you draw blood, then it's a flagrant two. Right. So he would have been ejected anyway. Okay. Isaiah Stewart should have let the game do the talking. Now, Isaiah Stewart, of course, he's a local guy from where we are. Um, mm -hmm. He's a Rochester, New York native. Um, actually, believe it or not, one of my friends played against him. Um, you know, so I will say, though, um, you know, Stewart was in the wrong. I mean, as much as LeBron was in the here's thing, Isaiah Stewart had the right to defend himself. Isaiah yeah. Stewart had the right to go up and say, hey, what the hell, man. But he didn't need to go trying to start a fist fight with LeBron. First off, it's a fist fight you lose. Um, just saying. Frankly, if you punched him once, you would have been suspended longer. You know. But, mm. again, for all intents and purposes, much like Michael Jordan was in the 90s, LeBron is the... Whether people like it or not, 
I'm telling you right now, whether people out there like it or not, LeBron is the face of the NBA. He is the NBA. And, you know, just like Tom Brady's the NFL, okay, just like, um, you know, Tadis, for all intents and purposes, is baseball right now, um, just like Sidney Crosby was NHL for the longest time. Right. Okay, like Connor McDavid is now. And eventually it'll be Patrick Mahomes that's the NFL. Scary to think, but it's true, as much as I don't want to admit it. But those guys are the face of the league. Um, I'm sorry, you know, it doesn't justify a longer suspension, and it shouldn't. But what I will say, though... I mean, based on the title, it wasn't justifiable for a longer suspension. But Isaiah Stewart should have gotten at least 10 games for that. Yeah. I'm sorry. The fact that the police had to get involved in this matter is the sole reason that he should be suspended 10 games. LeBron could have gotten two, but I think for the fact it was a flagrant two, he apologized um, whether he meant it or not the intent or the words were there i'm sorry you know one two games was appropriate um it's been a rough week for lebron by the way the one game suspension then the next day he gets two kids tossed out at the pacers game yeah apparently i don't know what was going on with that but apparently they were jaw jacking him on the sidelines courtside (laughs) got them injected and then also hit the um the silencer was taunting and got fined fifteen thousand dollars yeah man lebron is just not catching a break at all right now but let's face it again you can like lebron you can hate lebron but you gotta respect him for the fact that he is the face of the league whether people want to admit it or not and the fact that he is right now the best player on the planet whether you want to admit it or not Okay, there's no denying that because, I mean, KD's not far behind. Steph Curry is Steph Curry, but LeBron is still the best in the league, you know, right now. Um, But as far as getting those kids kicked out, I didn't see what happened, but I don't know. To me, though, basketball, this is why I don't watch the NBA. I'm going to tell you right now, I spent my Thanksgiving watching the battle for Atlantis. Um, (laughs) If we want to talk college basketball, we could do that, but we don't have time on this show to talk it, Um, or at least on this episode. Um, But, man, I I will just say the NBA has gone a little too sensitive on this because I, I don't know what those kids said. They very well could, for all I know, they could have said Space Jam 2 sucked and LeBron just said, get those mm, mm, out of here. Right. <laughs> but That's true. Again, we don't know what was said. Um, maybe someone does. I didn't read into it too much. Um, but, um, you know... Let's face it, Aaron Rodgers got the double bird from someone in Chicago. He didn't say, hey, get those people out of here. You know what he said instead? I own you, I still own you. And I've owned you all my life. Okay, let the playing do the talking. Same for Isaiah Stewart. 
Um, same for everyone else, because things like that can change the whole course of the game in basketball. Hey, yeah, it okay. does. You and I both know that well. Um, this is why we tell our players, at least when I coach, this is why we tell our players, hey, keep your composure, let us deal with the referees. No. Um, anyway, let's get on to our week. Thanks for correcting that, by the way, because I made the mistake earlier and said week eight. We're on week number 11 with the recap, and I let you start last time, so I'll start it off this time. Um, let me just say, now, obviously, you're going to chime in on this, I'm sure. It, it's, become, it's become apparent to me that the Bills struggle against top-tier running backs in the league. Mm -hmm. Now, Jonathan Taylor's not quite there yet, but he oh, is almost, like, he is a well, hair off of it. A hair off I mean, of it. I mean, he is the leading rusher in the yeah. NFL, so... I mean, yeah. right now he's the number one, but I mean in terms of top five running backs in the league right now, overall, for overall sake, yeah, I would say he's right about there, you know, but he's a hair off, um, but... It's clear that they can't contain good running backs. They couldn't contain Derrick Henry, but let's be fair, who can contain Derrick Henry? Defense wins championships, but Derrick Henry wins you games. Uh, you know what they say. They say defense wins championships, offense wins you games. So that's very true yeah. to that statement. Um you know, and I guess I propose this question because we know the Saints were down to Ty Montgomery at running back. Well, um, Ty Montgomery and uh, like I forget his other name, Jones but Jones Jr. or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. They're uh, practice squad running back, but had Kamara and Ingram played, would they? Could this? I mean, personally, I mean, based on how Trevor Simeon played. And Trevor Simeon is trash. There's no covering that up. He is the worst quarterback out of all 32. And that includes Tim Boyle and Jared Goff. He is 32nd in the NFL if we're looking at the current starters as of this moment. Um, but had Taysom Hill even played quarterback and Kamara been in the backfield, could this have changed the course of the game? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, you know what? I don't know if you were watching, hearing the game. I don't know. At one point, people, the fans were actually chanting. We yeah, want chanting. We want, want taste. We want taste them. How long is it going to be until Sean Payton's like, you know what? I got to pull the plug. I got to put in Taysom Hill. Like, how long is it going to be? Because clearly the Trevor Simeon experiment isn't working because you're 0-4 with him as your starter. Yeah. And you're 5-2 with James Winston as your starter. Of course, now you can't go to James Winston because he's out for the rest of the year. Trevor Simeon sucked in Denver. He is literally the biggest buster is, and that's why he was a 7th rounder. Hate to say it, but he's playing like as such. Yeah. How is he still in the league when they had a chance for a month to sign Cam Newton to their roster? Uh, it's beyond knows? me. Beyond me. I will say this now. I think 
going forward, I would assume that the New Orleans Saints are going to make the right move and go with Taysom Hill over Trevor Sim. But that's just me. Yeah. And to be honest, um, I think had Taysom Hill started that game, I'm yeah. just going to say this. I don't know if it would have changed the outcome as much as it mm-hmm. would have changed the... I mean, the win-loss outcome as much as it would have changed the final score. I think at that point it would have came down to a field goal. And, you know, because, again, the Bills have struggled covering the run. Now you add Hill and Kamara into that mix. You've got arguably the top running back in the league in Kamara. One of the top five running backs in the league. You got Taysom Hill, who's literally anything in the field. Literally, you say, what's your position? Yeah, that's his response. (laughs) Now, I'm going to say this now. If the Saints in that game, say, like they had Kamara healthy, they had Michael Thomas healthy, they had, for instance, Taysom Hill over Trevor Simeon. Oh, yeah, that game would have been like... The other way around in a major way. Especially yeah. with Tredavious White going out. Because you know Tredavious White would have been covering Michael Thomas the whole game. Yeah. Michael Thomas is just holding out. He wants out. It's it's apparent at this point. Well, actually, he's he's hurt for the rest of the year. But yeah, it's, it's probably very true. And honestly, I think the Saints are going to do the right thing. And... With him being out there, I, he could very well be the top free agent. But as far as that goes, yeah, a certain someone got fired. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. Jason Garrett was a scapegoat. We all know it's this time of year where we're clearing out coordinators trying to save our ass from getting fired. So Joe Judge felt the pressure and he said, goodbye, Mr. Clapper. We don't need you anymore. Um, so Jason Garrett, no longer a coach in the league. Um, Joe Judge, you can't hide forever, man. Okay, you're going down next. You're going down at the end of the year, more than likely. Um, because it's apparent. You're saying, to me, Daniel Jones is not by any stretch of the imagination a good quarterback. He is not necessarily franchise material he's starting material though um you know i would take him obviously over trevor simeon any day of the week at quarterback but it's very clear that joe judge has held back daniel jones in his development in this league as matt Nagy did with mitchell trubisky so i think we're on that same scale um you know, Joe Judge just needs to go, and it, it was apparent in that Tampa Bay game. Now, Tampa Bay, of course, they're going to win their division. There's no denying that fact at this point. Their closest challenger right now is going to be Carolina at this rate, and Carolina's barely going to finish with a, with a winning record. So, <laughs> um, But the fact of the matter is you had a chance to beat Tampa, and you blew it, and you blew it bad, honestly. Right. And you had Saquon back too. It's just very clear that something's not right with that offense in general. So, um, can I also just say we were talking about Kyler Murray being 
the uh, MVP. Now, that may have sailed. That may have very well sailed because he's been out the last three games. Which is a shame. I don't want to, like, cut you off too soon, yeah. but, like, it's very hard to determine a clear-cut MVP this year. It's so it's up and down. It's harder this year than it was in the last one, two, three years here. It's... Honestly, if there's any clear-cut guide person to win it, it just might be Jonathan Taylor. I hate to say it. It might be Tom Brady, even. Yeah, probably, too. I didn't even think about that. be honest, it might be leaning toward Tom Brady, and the sad part is, is while Kirk Cousins is having a career year, and no I one, know, and he's and, not even and no one cares. <laughs> yeah, 21 touchdowns and two interceptions. Yeah, that kind of reminds me MVP of Aaron Rodgers' numbers. <laughs> he's having an MVP year, and everyone's like, you play for Minnesota, who cares? <laughs> but... You know, let's face it, for all for all there is, Kirk Cousins should be leading the MVP race right now. Yeah, I know, right? But he'll, he'll never win that this year, and if he does, it would shock me. Um, but Kyler Murray who is what I'm going to say, because Cliff Kingsbury just obliterated the Seahawks last week, I'm pretty sure. He beat them pretty good. With Colt McCoy as his quarterback. Colt McCoy, the longtime journeyman. It's. And Colt McCoy had himself a <laughs> game. He had himself a game. I think he had like 360 yards passing. Now I get it. Seattle's not that good this year. But the fact that they are winning games like that in the division. With no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins, what's your excuse, Seattle? What's your excuse? That's all I'm going to say. My thing is, it's Cliff Kingsbury leading this team. And I think Seattle needs to jump on the youth movement, as a side note, with the coaches. But anyway, I'll right. let you take over from here. Alright, so... <sighs> Buffalo, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, this this was probably going to be one of the easier wins that they've gotten this year, going up against a team that had just so many injuries, but I, I said they carved out the Saints on Thanksgiving, but, there's always a but, but they lose their best so shutdown corner. For the rest of the year. It basically Don't came down to at what cost. Yeah, at what cost. They lose their tight their corner, starting corner for the rest of the year. So it literally is now Dane Jackson, second year corner, who, as a rookie last year, did really well. So don't get me wrong, he, he has some spur spots. I'm not... It's unfortunate to lose your best cornerback. It really is. But if Buffalo really wants to keep the momentum going, you gotta have the next man up mentality. You really yeah. do. But uh, Dan Jackson in his um mm -hmm. in the, in the time that he came in the game, 
was showing strides. There was some hiccups there, but don't get me wrong. He, he looked good. Um, but the thing that's going to suck is you look at the teams that they're going up against, especially the next two weeks, going up against teams like New England and Tampa Bay. You need as much defensive backs as you can against those two teams. And having having no Tredavious White is going to really suck. I'm already expecting a big old fat L to Tampa Bay because there is no way in hell with the death that they have at defensive back that they're going to be able to stop Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, yeah. and Antonio Brown. I'm going to look at big picture here. I just don't see him beating Kansas City a second time around without Trey White because that's huge in the secondary, and you need you need all hands on deck to stop Kansas City. I don't care that they're having an off year, but mm -hmm. you need all hands on deck, and that's, that's a huge, huge loss. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge loss, but if you play a too high deep, corner uh, cover two with literally the best safety duo in the NFL I mean worst case they can double you know mm -hmm. <clears throat> Dane Jackson somehow gets beat you got Micah Hyde Levi Wall somehow gets beat you have Jordan Poyer so I mean there's options, it's just, again, it doesn't look promising if they play Kansas City, and Kansas City's gaining traction. Um, it didn't show last game, let's mm -hmm. face it, they put up those numbers against any other team they would have lost last weekend. Oh yeah, of course. But, I'll let you I, I was gonna. I was going to put that as one of my takeaways, but I decided against it. Um... I, my second takeaway, Titans always seem to look good against teams that went into the playoffs last year. But they're the most confusing winning team. Especially the one that's leading the conference, the AFC. How can you beat all these good teams that made the playoffs last year, but lose to the Texans and the Jets? I get it. The Texans are your division rival. But the, the Jets? The Jets of all teams? Really? Now, if the Jets started Mike White, I would have given him an excuse there. Um, because was Mike White Wilson. was rolling up till they played Buffalo. Like, I just don't understand. Like, what what's going to happen if the Tennessee Titans somehow do get in there, and they play, like, some subpar, um... Cincy? Seven, like, say, like, they play, like, Cincy ends up being the seventh seed. If they can't beat bad teams, then, I hate to say it, Tennessee might just be one and done. They don't seem that scary to me. Um, they really don't have a running back. Plus, with Derrick Henry possibly... You know, well, first off, we don't even know if he's coming back this year. Yep. It's it's rumored that he's supposed to be back by the time that the playoffs start, but I don't I don't think so. Yeah. They just waived Adrian Peterson, so Which was I shocking. don't know. What the, I don't know what the hell plan they have heading into the playoffs. 
If I'm the Tennessee Titans, I don't know if it's too early to hit the panic mode, but some, but you might eventually have to hit that panic mode and be like, shoot, what do we do? You know, our offense has been so heavy on Derrick Henry. Now, Derrick Henry's hurt. Is it time to hit that panic button? I don't know about it. About the Tennessee Titans just yet. I could tell you though, because the AFC just in general, just honestly, it's so no wide is, open. No one stands out. That's why I'm still I'm still standing by the fact I think Tennessee is still the team to beat in the AFC until someone proves it otherwise. Now, I said at the beginning of the year, and I stand by my statement: Tyrod Taylor gives Houston a chance to win games. Okay. I stand by that statement, and I will continue yeah. to stand by it. Regardless of who's the head coach in Houston, regardless right. of what they have weapon-wise, he's a veteran, he's taken those reps, he knows what he's doing, and he's finally getting his chance. I know. I, honestly, I will say this now. If if uh, Tyrod, uh, Tyrod, whatever you want to say his first name is, um... If Tyrod Taylor can actually stay healthy and they give him some pieces in Houston, I I think they can be a threat. It just I don't know. It's always tough to say. But um, leading on to my last takeaway, it's just safe to say that the Cowboys are just the most under overrated team in the NFC at this point. Like you lose yes. two weeks in a row, you play up against. Um, I think they the completed Kansas... no-win November as well. <laughs> Let me tell you something here, too. They lost back-to-back -back weeks against the AFC West. They lose to the Kansas City Chiefs 19-9. And then they lose a overtime uh, thriller to the Raiders off of a field goal. So... Cowboys. I know you're leading the division still. They're probably going to win it. They could lose but, out the rest of the year and they'll still win it. But if you... If you keep on going the way that you are, you're not going to go that far in the playoffs. You're going to probably be one and done. Um... You know, don't get me wrong, yeah, some of the injuries suck. You know, they have, um... CD Lamb that's hurt. They have um, Amari Cooper who's hurt. Zeke they only might really be out. have. Yeah, Zeke might be out for a good amount of time with that ankle injury. Um, don't get me wrong, Tony Pollard in this place is. He, he's coming to his own. Don't get me wrong. But the, the ceiling just doesn't look very high for the Cowboys, and honestly, I. As much as they say that they were a threat in the NFC, I, I don't see it. Hmm. They're going to be the undisputed winner of the NFC East. There's no denying that. Um, you know, but I will say, though, that the Eagles are gaining traction. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts, I'm not sure if you saw the numbers, but Jalen Hurts is having Lamar Jackson-like numbers right now. Yeah, I saw the comparison um, between both of them in the first 15 starts. I'm telling you. They are very close. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The Eagles are a few parts and pieces away from probably being able to take Dallas down. And mightily, too. 
Yeah, if they were able to have some better receivers, don't get me wrong, yeah. Devontae Smith is literally their top receiver, and hence why they've been in a lot of games this year. But if they were to get, like, Jalen Rieger going, Devontae Smith going, maybe get another... Devontae Smith's like, been looking good, though. I know. So if they can get another piece in there... Yeah, you know, losing Zach Ertz was sucks, but you do still have Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Um, you add some more pieces in there. You you know you you buff up that O line. Maybe get a running back you can actually trust. I mean they they have Miles Sanders who's good, but you're probably right. If if they can get the right kind of pe place you know pieces in place, I think the Eagles can definitely compete in the NFC East. Exactly, and, you know, again, the Cowboys had a chance to win against the Chiefs. I'm just going to say it. The Chiefs, for all purposes, almost threw that game away. Um, let's, they very well should have thrown that game away because Mahomes looked terrible. He looked absolutely lousy in that game, and somehow they still couldn't beat him. Yeah, this uh, whole year has so, been an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, but... Let's go to our break here. Um, and actually, before we do, can I just say it's great to see Dick Vitale back on the yes. sidelines. I don't yes. know if you saw that video. Um, I actually retweeted it. It's on not the at Tinkle Sports one, but at Tinkle underscore B Hummel. Check it out. Um, it's honestly, it's a tearjerker what he said. Um it's great to see that 82-year-old Dick Vitale back on the sidelines, looking good, doing what he does best. There's no one better in the business than Dickie V. Okay, right. plain and simple. So I just wanted to say that, Dick, um, I know you're not watching us, but thank you for being back on the sidelines. We're glad to have you back on the sidelines. Get well soon, friend. And um, with that, though, let's go to our break. When we come back, we'll have our picks, and we will have Tinkle on this. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. Here we go. Week number 12 picks. We'll start it off with the 1 o'clock games. Steelers and Bengals. Cincy is a 3.5 favorite. Yeah, Cincinnati. The last time they played, Cincinnati beat them up pretty good. So I'm only expecting to see the result, especially in uh, on their home turf. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Cincy. Um, Steelers don't look that great. That's all I'm gonna say to that. Um, you know, Bucks, Colts, Tampa Bay, a three-point favorite. Give that dub to the Buccaneers. I'm not going to say it's a given, honestly. Now, Tom Brady has owned the Colts in previous years, but I don't know. I, I want to say, though, Colts upset because the Bucks are struggling on the road. All their losses have come on the road. So I'm going to go with the Colts here. Um, Panthers and Dolphins. Panthers a two-and-a-half-point favorite. 
Mm. This one's interesting matchup. Uh. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Panthers over the Dolphins. Yeah, Panthers found new energy with Cam as their starter, so I'm gonna go with the Panthers here. Titans and Patriots, and this may be an underrated game of the week right here. But um, New England's a seven-point favorite. New England's a seven-point favorite. Yeah. Oh wow! Wow. Uh... This is where I think that, honestly, I would really love to see the Tennessee Titans give the Bills, a, you know, you know, help, help us out so much here, because this is, you know, for the division lead itself. So, I'm not just saying that because they're in our division, I really do think that Tennessee, after that night, that slump to the Tennessee, the Houston, Texas, I think they're going to get it together, and I think they're going to get a W in uh, New England. I feel like Derrick Henry would have been a big difference maker in this game. But at the same time, Ryan Tannehill has struggled in Foxborough before. And I, I don't know. Honestly, the way that New England's playing right now, I would take the Patriots over the Titans. Um but I will say, though, I wouldn't be shocked if Tennessee pulled this one out. I do disagree with uh, Vegas's, uh spread for the game. Um, but anyway, Eagles-Giants, Eagles three-and-a-half favorite. Yeah. Eagles are that one of those teams that are... You know, hit and miss, but I think they're going to get it together and against their division rival. Yeah, Eagles are rolling. They're 4-2 on the road. I'm going to take the Eagles as well. Uh, Falcons and Jaguars. And the Falcons are only a two-point favorite. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Falcons. Trevor Simeon and the Jags just haven't gotten it together. They have a... Yeah, Trevor, Trevor Simeon. Oh, well, sorry. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags haven't found their rhythm no, quite no. yet. Um, it's just one of those years that Trevor uh, Lawrence has to just get underneath his uh, belt. So, Atlanta's going to get Atlanta's going to get the win, and I think Kyle Pitts is going to have a good game. I do think they'll have trouble stopping Kyle Pitts, but Atlanta's defense, as much as I make fun of Kansas City's, Atlanta's has been just as bad over the long run. And to be honest, Kyle Pitts is a difference maker, but so is uh, Robinson. So I'm going to go with the Jags here. I think the Jags get a win at home. Urban Meyer, mm. respect the grind. <laughs> Jets and Texans in what might be the least favorited game of the week. Houston, a two and a half point favorite. I'm going with Houston. I don't know what's going on, but they have David Mills listed as... Oh, because he's the top passer right now. But I'm going to go with the Texans as well. I think they get the big win. Chargers-Broncos, we're into the 4 o'clock games. Chargers a 2.5 point favorite. 
I'm going to go with the Chargers. Broncos have struggled against really good teams this year. I mean, don't get me wrong, Chargers are kind of, eh, middle of the pack. But Chargers had a nice uh, win against the Steelers. I think they're going to keep it rolling. A game they should have won handily, honestly, is all I'm going to say about that. I should have included that in my recap. But the Chargers should have won that game, and they should have won it big on Pittsburgh, and they blew it, per Chargers standards. So I'm going to go with the Broncos, though, because the Broncos always do get at least one win on the Chargers, and I think this is where they get it, at home at mile high. Um, Rams-Packers, Rams only a one-point favorite. This by far the game of the week. Yeah, this is definitely on my agenda to watch. <laughs> By far. Yeah. Um, since it's in Green Bay, I'm going to give the edge to the Green Bay Packers. This is a game where Aaron Jones' presence might be missed. Big time. And to Yeah, be honest, but A.J. Jones is still able to get work done, though. Yeah. But I don't know. No one has had an answer for Cooper Cup. And even if you do, you still got Van Jefferson to worry about. You still, well, now you might have OBJ to worry about. Just throwing that out there. Now they're off a bye. Von Miller's a little more acquainted with the defense. I like the Rams in this one, honestly. I'm going to go with uh, L.A. Um, Vikings and 49ers here. San Fran, a three-point favorite. I don't like that they have San Fran there. I'm going to go with Minnesota over San Fran. I'm going to... Um, man, this is a week where we're going to... Oh, sorry, I'll let you finish your point first. No, it's just like there's a reason why uh, Kirk Cousins has had a career year. I think he's going to showcase it here in California. I really do think that Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are going to have big games. I disagree here. This is a week where we're going to disagree a lot on our picks here. I'm going to go with the 49ers. Um, George Kittle is back again. Debo Samuel in the last few games, he has just caught fire, honestly. And the fact of the matter is Kyle Shanahan is also just getting so creative on that offense, trying to get this team back into playoff contention. I think he continues that run here and gets San Fran the win. But I think it's going to be an offensive-heavy game. And the other thing is also uh, Nick Bosa is going to be that game-changer for the 49ers. Um, but anyway... Sunday night, or, yeah, Sunday night football night yeah. in America. Um, should I note that uh, Al Michaels will not be calling this game? It will be Mike Tarico, Drew Brees, and Catherine, or Mike, Mike Tarico, Chris Collinsworth, and Catherine Tappan on call. Hmm. Um, by the way, can I just say real quick before I announce the game and the spread? Boy, did Drew Brees do a hell of a job in the booth. It was a breath of fresh air listening to that booth over Chris Collins' work. Kind of, oh, uh, I know. Kind of degrading Al Michaels. 
such a refreshing night. First off, I have a man crush on Mike Tirico anyway, but that's beside the point. <laughs> um, Browns and Ravens. Ravens a three and a half point favorite. Yeah, I'm going with the Ravens or the Browns. Yeah, Browns are struggling, and it seems like they're turning on Baker Mayfield is what I heard. So the Browns situation is getting ugly. I'm going to go with the Ravens. Um, Monday night football, I there's no announcer changes here. There might be a Manning cast. We don't know. Check your guides to be sure. Um, but Seahawks and the Washington football team, and guess what? This one is an even spread. Hmm. I don't know. I might just end up going with uh, the football team over the Seahawks. The Seahawks just are just struggling so mightily, even with Russell Wilson hmm. back. Washington is finding themselves right now, and it's a good thing. It's at the right time. I'm going to go with the football team as well. Um. Anyway, on to Tinkle on this. And what a good one this week. Julius Randle, he's handling the ball. He's at the top of the key. Um, he looks so, or he doesn't even look over to his side. Passes the ball, and it goes out of bounds for a turnover. This looks like the Knicks of old, my friends. This <laughs> is the Knicks of old for the last few years. How do you not know someone isn't in that spot? Okay. Julius Randle, you are the, the leader of this team. What are you thinking, bud, for that? And first off, can I just say before before I say it, I coach fifth and sixth grade basketball. Even they probably know not to pass it where someone isn't, okay? <laughs> you, I'd expect that kind of turnover from a fifth and sixth grade team. No offense to them, but I would expect it. Because they're younger, they don't know as well. For someone at a professional level, come on. You know better. For that, Julius oh, Randle, tinkle on this, my friend. Yeah, so... I know, you should really know better being a professional, especially since he's been in the league for quite some time, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so with that... That's the end of our show. Um, and this is also the final show of No Shave November, should I add. Okay. <laughs> um, so Jason can, if he chooses, to get rid of the beard in a few sh in a few days here. <laughs> probably. Um, I'm probably just going to trim mine, because without it, I look weird. <laughs> That's just personal choice. Um, but be sure to donate. Again, it's noshave.org slash team slash the Tinkle Group, I believe. I will be actually putting in my donation this week. I just needed to build up my funds, um, but I hope you will do so as well because it's important. We need the donations. Help us tinkle on cancer. This is my final plea for the month of yes. November. Please. It doesn't have to be a high do donation. I mean, it could be any be any amount you want to. I don't give a shit if it's a dollar. Let me just put it that way. I don't give a shit if you donate one dollar. Something. Please, help us out. Trust me, it's not going in our pockets. 
<laughs> um, and actually, let me just take a look at how the team is doing. Yeah, Marty donated, Jason donated. Come on, be like our Tinkle team here. Help us donate. Raise some money. Right. Help us Tinkle on cancer. I can't stress that enough. Um, you know, that's all I wanted to say. Um, we want to thank you for watching, though. We hope you liked the show. We'll try to be more active on social media, as I keep saying. Um... Maybe I'll try to post some of these clips on there in the coming days. Um, but until next time, guys, goodbye, everyone.